Hey, fellow Mathers, before we get into this episode, we want to share with you how you can get access to free content, professional learning that will keep your students engaged and doing the math that matters. Get ready to go to this link, mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. That's right. Registration is open for the free Math is Figure Outable challenge that's starting May 15th and runs to the 17th at 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have three nights jam-packed with learning and routines that you can take straight to your classroom. In these challenges, we have a great time. We do some math, talk about classroom experiences, give away super cool bonuses and prizes. You won't just walk away with routines that are naturally engaging and encourage your students to think mathematically. You'll also have a chance to win over 6 k worth in prizes, including a few virtual PD sessions for your school. I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host, Kim, and special guest, Jenna Labe. You can register at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to the show. Hey, fellow mathematicians. Welcome to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Cam. And I'm Kim. And we make the case that mathematizing is not about mimicking steps or memorizing facts, but it's about thinking, reasoning, about creating and using mental relationships. We take the strong stance that not only are algorithms not particularly helpful in teaching, but that mimicking algorithms actually keeps students from being the mathematicians they can be. We answer the question, if not algorithms and step-by-step procedures, then what? All right, y'all, we're in part four of our series where we answer the question, if not algorithms, then what? We've already tackled addition and subtraction, and today we're going to tackle multiplication. What are the major strategies that we think students and anyone really need to know? Because if they own these five major multiplication strategies, then we can throw any multiplication problem that's reasonable to solve that a calculator, and they will be fine. They will be able to solve it mm-hmm. as efficiently as a traditional algorithm and most of the time more efficiently than the traditional algorithm. Mm-hmm. But even more important than that, they'll be developing multiplicative reasoning. That is our goal. We want to develop reasoners, not just answer getters. Okay. So the five major multiplication strategies are smart partial products, over under, five is half a 10, double half, and quarters. All right, you got him. Okay, thank you for joining us. On the, mm-hmm. I know we made that joke last time, right. but I'm going to keep making it a little bit because we really want to emphasize it's not about the names and it's not about us telling you these strategies. Now that we've sort of laid them out, now you need experience, your students need experience to develop these relationships, actually create the relationships in your heads that, that these strategies are based on so that the strategies become natural outcomes that become natural inclinations. As you look at numbers, you're like, oh yeah, like this pings for me. And so now I'm going to use this strategy. And that's all about developing that reasoning, that level of reasoning that we're really after, not just answer getting. All right. Go for it. (laughs) What of a sale right again? All right. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Ready to begin. Okay. This week, this week, we're going to tackle these strategies with the problem 25 times 18, All right, which I just down. wrote down with my pencil. <laughs> <laughs> with my pen. Pen, Kim. Pen. Pen. Okay. 25 times 18. We should do a listener survey. How many of you write in pencil? How many of you write in pen? And then 
give all the people that do it correctly with pen. Just kidding. <laughs> Send them a sticker. Maths is figure outable. There you go. All international math. All right, 25 times 18. Yep. So similar to addition, a first strategy that we need to develop in students is kind of the place value splitting strategy. Mm-hmm. And we typically call that with multiplication, we typically call that partial products. Mm-hmm. In addition, we called it partial sums. You may have noticed if you listened to the last episode that in subtraction, we didn't really talk about partial differences. We don't find partial differences to be all that helpful um, with students. It's okay if students do it, we support them, but we don't actively uh, promote constructing it with students. However, with um, addition, partial sums is important. With multiplication, partial products is going to be important. So that is an important start. But oh, it's such just a start that then we need to move and build the, the next five. We need to build on that. So what is partial products? That's when I look at uh, thinking about 20. Again, it's sort of a place value splitting thing. I look at 25 as 20 and 5. And I look at 18 as 10 and 8. Uh, and, and then I, I look at all of those partial products. A typical way that we might see teachers um, help students with this, and we, and we like this is fine, is for students to think about a, an area model of a 25 by 18. And I'm drawing a rectangle right now. It's about 25 by 18. You might have noticed that I said I'm drawing a rectangle because to be clear, a 25 by 18 should be a rectangle, not a square. Now, a square is a rectangle, but it should be not a square rectangle. It should be a, a longer than wider rectangle. It should be 25 long, 25 deep, and 18 across. And that should be not look like a square. So if you're drawing a square, maybe we um, politely suggest that uh, we're not developing very good spatial reasoning mm-hmm. if we make something that should be long and, and not as wide if we make it look square. No, no, no. It should look like a 25 by 18. And then I would want to think about where I would sort of cut that 25 to make it 20 and five. So I just sort of have a long part that's 20 and a much shorter part. Oh, it's about a fourth of that 20 to be a five. And then on the 18, I'm going to cut that as a 10 and eight. So the 10 should be longer than the eight. And now I have kind of four chunks and those four chunks. I would want to think about that, uh, the 20 by 10 chunk, and that would be 200. And I would want to think about the five by 10 chunk and that's 50 and i would want to think about the 20 by 8 chunk i hope you sort of drawing these out and i would think about that 20 by 8 chunk and that's 160 and then i want to think about that 5 by 8 chunk and that's 40. now i've got all these sort of partial products all these little bits of area and i would want to add those bits of area up so if i add the 200 plus oh golly where do i go from here am i now it's actually kind of fun because now you can kind of decide how you're going to add those up together. Uh, but to maybe maybe make it easy on a podcast since we're just listening, I might add that 200 and the 160 to get 360, and, and then add the 40 to get 400, and then add the leftover 50 to get 450. So sort of added those up, and I'm thinking that, that maybe, maybe the product is 450, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Yeah. That's like a baseline. That's a starting place. We're not yeah. ending there. But yeah. we're also not suggesting that the end is now, okay, now that you've kind of understood multiplication, now we're going to go do this this algorithm that is so digit-oriented and so, like, these columns, and then I, I end up with all these numbers and columns that I'm going to add. And that, all, that, that could be very sort of step-by-step memory. No, no, no. 
Now that's a baseline. Now we want to go and de- develop these other five strategies. Yeah. So Kim, I think the first one that we would develop from there is smart partial products. Smart so we're, partial we're taking products. kids from these place value partial products into smart partial products, which means that they don't have to break everything up into those same four place value chunks. So for 28 times 15, 18. Sorry, 25 times 18. <laughs> did you just totally flip down. I did. 20 That's hilarious. <laughs> would not be the same thing. 25 times 18. I think if I was thinking smart partial products, I would think 25 times 10, which is 250. And then 25 times 8, which I know is 200. Whoa, you did that kind of fast. Do that again. How do you 20, do 25 times 10. Uh-huh. From the 18. So I split up the 18 into 10 and 8. So 25 times 10, which is 250. And 25 times 8, which is 200. Can you can you talk me through how you do 25 times 8? Oh, um, because 25 is quarters. And so 25, uh, 8 quarters would be uh, $200, $2, which is like 200 four, So I could think about 4 quarters being mm-hmm. 100. So 8 quarters would be 200. That'd be mm-hmm. a way to do that. Yep. Can also think about the fact that you just had 10 quarters using that times 10 thing to be 250, mm-hmm. yep. but I need two less quarters than that. Mm-hmm. So that's also 200. Yep. There's a couple different ways to do that. So I noticed, Kim, that when you did that smart partial products, or maybe we call it clever partial products, that you broke up the 18 the same way I did into 10 and 8, but mm-hmm. you left the 25 whole. Because mm-hmm. you could think about 10 25s and 8 25s. You were, you were being smart about it. You're being clever about it. You're like, mm-hmm. like maybe lazy about it. Yeah. Like let's, let's only break it up as much as we have to, not, not into the same four chunks every time, but rather, Ooh, like, can I, can I be smart about it? Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yep. That's smart partial products or clever partial products. Cool. Cool. All right. How about Ooh, next yeah. you get to do one of my favorite strategies. Oh, you're going to let me, huh? Yes. Yes, nice. I will. All right, let's do the over-under strategy. Over-under. So for 25 times 18, I want to think a little bit over and then go a little under. So I'm going to think about 25 times 20 because I can sort of think about 25 times 20. So I'm actually drawing another area model and I'm drawing a 25 by 20. And I'm saying to myself, well, I know that area of that whole thing is 500. And I did that by thinking about two 25s is 50. And then I scaled that up times 10 to be 500. Mm-hmm. I could have also thought about that as 10 25s is 250, but I need double that. Mm-hmm. Double 250 is 500. So a couple different ways to think about 20 25s, but I only need 18 25s. So instead of a, a 25 by 20, I'm going to do 25 by 18 by getting rid of two 25s. Mm-hmm. So I have that 500 was the total and I'm getting rid of 225s, which is 50 and 500 minus 50 gets me to that 450. Nice. Is that an okay over? Very good. Hey, Kim, I'm curious, since you're the over queen, (laughs) would you ever think about doing for 25 times 18, would you ever think about doing 30 18s and getting rid of five 18s? I mean, I could, but I don't think I would. I can tell you why I wouldn't. I could think about 30. Now, none of those are nice for me. 30 18s. 30 18s. I don't know three 18s. I know two um, I do. And so I, I don't know why I do, but I is do. 54? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Good. Huh? Yeah. 
<laughs> I had to think about it though. But then also, once you had 30 18s, then I'd have to figure out five 18s. And yeah, I can do that because I could do 10 18s to get five 18s. That's the part that's a little, that's, that's yuckier for me. That's more hanky for 90 you. I have to think about. Yeah. So we could, we could, but both of us are like, nah, but probably not. Yeah. And that's the kind of choice we want to give kids. Right. We want kids to be able to do exactly what we just did. I mean, I could, but nah, there's a better one. But yeah. other, other ones, in fact, honestly, neither of the two we've done so far are my favorite for this problem for 25 mm. times 18. Or any, any of the ones we've done. Uh, partial products is not my favorite. I mean, I can. Smart personal products, I think you did a great one. I could. Just over and under, I mean, I could, but uh, not my fave. Not for this problem. So what's what's the next strategy? Five is seven, ten. All right. That's on you, I think. Oh, I was hoping you would let me do the next yeah. one. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll do five is seven, ten. Okay. So, so I'm going to think about 25 times 18. Okay. By thinking about, I'm, I'm not going to break up the 18 this time. I'm going to break up the 25 into 20 and 5. So I'm going to think about 20 18s and okay. I'm actually asking myself if I'm going to do that on an area model or a ratio table. And I think I'm going to do it on a ratio mm-hmm. table. So I'm thinking about 18s and mm-hmm. I'm going to think about 10 18s is 180. So 20 18s is 360. I could have thought about two 18s is 36 and then scale that up to get the 20 18s is 360. Either ways I have 20 18s. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I did the 10 on purpose because I knew I was going to try to get the five. Does that make sense? So I could have done two to scale up to 20, but then I wouldn't have had the 10 to get the five. And and you wanted me to do the strategy five is half a 10. So mm-hmm. since I know 10 18s is 180, I now know five 18s is half of that 180. Since five is half a 10, then five 18s would be half of 180, which is 90. Now I have 20 18s being 360, five 18s being 90. And so I can add the 20 yes. and the five together to get 25 and the 360 and the mm-hmm. 90 together to get 450. And I totally just thought about angles when I did that. 360 and 90 as angles to get the 450. Anyway, so five is half a 10 is using this relationship that's so cool in our base 10 number system that I can find five times anything by finding 10 times that thing and then cutting it in half. And you might be like, whoa, why would you want to go to that work? Well, it's because 10 times things are so easy to find, right? In our base 10 number system, multiplying times 10 is so easy because there's that zero thing and we can talk more about that, but, but I can just use it. I can use the idea that I can do the scale change where I'm scaling by 10. I can kind of right. shift things in the place value or I can think about that and then just cut it in half to get times five. Bam. I've got that times five and I can use that times five however I want right. to. In this case, I just added it back to the 20 and then I've got. Smart personal products. Yeah. Cool. All right. So what do we have so far? We've done partial products, which isn't one of our five. Then we did smart partial products. We did over and under. We just did five is half a 10. Before we go on, Kim, if you don't mind, I want to just note that all four of the strategies we talked about, kind of the baseline partial products, and then the other three that are, are three of our favorite five, all of those are based on the distributive property of multiplication. So distributed property multiplication says that I can sort of distribute, like what means I can find these chunks of area and then I can kind of chunk them and, and, and add them together. Mm-hmm. So that's the distributed property because the next two are based <laughs> this on the association. This is one of my favorites, right? So, and this one's, All right, Kim, this one, double um, half for us. the name, right? We get stuck on the name here because. For this problem, especially. 
I think you've made some offers before that if we if we have a better name mm-hmm. that encompasses all that this strategy entails, that um, <laughs> you know we we definitely want to hear it. But for this problem, I would absolutely think about double half because I know that if I have, and I actually think about this one as eighteen times twenty five. So is that legal? Can I can I use the community property? Can I think eighteen twenty five? Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So instead of eighteen twenty fives. I want to create an equivalent problem that is nine times 50. So instead of 1825s, I need, if, if I want half as many of them, then I need, oh, I always say this twice wrong. As much I need group. twice as much in a group. I need half as many that's twice as big. Yeah. So instead of 1820 times 25, I want nine times 50 because I know that that's 450. You know, nine times 50. You can think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do because I know nine times five, nine times five is 45. Scale that up yeah. by 10. That's 450. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Or we could keep going. If you're thinking about nine fifties, you mm-hmm. could say, oh, I that, could think about yeah, keep going. four and a half times a hundred. Bam. Oh, place value shift. And that's also 450. Mm-hmm. Four and a half times a hundred. That's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Da-da-da. I like it. So doubling and having, we could totally think about how Kim just said, if I need, if I'm going to have half as many groups, the groups have to be twice as big. I could think about it the other direction. If I'm going to have, so if I was thinking about 25 18s, but I could say, I want 50, I want twice as many groups, but if I want to keep the same amount, then I got to have them be half as big. So instead of finding 25 18s, I'm going to find 50 nines. This is twice as many groups that are half as big, 59s. It's just another way of Mm -hmm. kind of thinking about that. But we could also look at an area model for doubling and having. If I looked at an 18 by 25 area model and I cut that 18 in half. So now I have a a rectangle that's a 9 by 25 and another 9 by 25 sort of piece. And I kind of shift that piece over next to it. So now I have a nine by 25 next to a nine by 25 that turns into a nine by 50. And that nine by 50 has the same area that I had when I had before I cut it up. And so since I have the same area, then the products are equivalent. So Hmm. cool. And this might spark in you a very, very similar to some strategies that we did in addition and in subtraction where by using this strategy, we've created an equivalent problem that's easier to solve. So in addition, when we do a little give and take, why do we give and take? Because we create an addition problem that's easier to solve. In subtraction, we shift the distance. We think about the subtraction problem as distance or difference, and we shift that distance or difference on the number line, and we create a subtraction problem that's easier to solve. With doubling and halving for multiplication, We move area around a little bit and we create a rectangle with the same area, or in other words, a multiplication problem that's easier to solve. We create an equivalent multiplication problem that's a little bit easier to solve. Those are cool strategies when it's all about Mm -hmm. creating an equivalent problem that's easier to solve. We like those strategies. Very nice. Yeah. I'm looking at the time. I think I have just a little bit of time. I'd like to describe uh, a little bit how that's based on the associative property, if I may. Sure. So when I'm thinking about 25 times 18, I could also think about that as 25 times 2 times 9. Mm-hmm. And right now, when I think about 25 times 18, the 2 times 9 is associated. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. about it, 2 times 9 is 18. But if I reassociate that 2, 
and instead think about 25 times two and then kind of leave that nine hanging out there. 25 times two mm-hmm. times nine. I'm associating the 25 times two and leaving the nine out there. That 25 times two is 50 and I still have that nine. And then I turn it into that 50 yeah. times nine. Bam. I've reassociated that two instead of having it sort of in that 18, I'm pulling it out and I'm associating it with the 25. And that's how I'm using really associated cool. property. Yep. So cool. So stinking cool. All right. Last, All right. last strategy. Last strategy. Before we actually do the last strategy, I'm just going to say we have these four major strategies. And when I got really serious about, whoa, like if we never teach kids an algorithm, will, like if, if I never use an algorithm and really I was thinking about my own personal kids because my own personal kids were the grand experiment. <laughs> like what if they never, ever see a traditional algorithm? Will they be able to solve any problem that's reasonable to solve that a calculator? with the strategy that we've developed. And I decided not quite with the four that we've just talked about. Golly, can I go over them? Uh, smart partial products. Smart partial and under, products. Yeah. Uh, help me. Five, seven, ten, double double with those four, would I be able to solve any of them? Is there another strategy that we need so that we can really solve any problem that's reasonable to solve out a calculator? And I decided to add this one last one in and I call it using quarters using quarters. Kim, am I doing this one or you want to do this one? Yep. Okay. So 25 times 18, I'm going to think about, I can think about it in two ways, but I'm going to think about it as a fourth of 18. I'm going to think of 25 as like 25%, 25 out of a hundred. And so if I think about a fourth of 18, let's see, a half of 18 is nine. And so a fourth of 18 would be half of nine is 4.5. But that's like thinking about 0.25 or 25 hundredths times 18, right? A fourth mm-hmm. of 18 mm-hmm. is like 0.25 times 18 is 4.5. But I want 25 times 18. I want 100 times that. Now, I don't want just 0.25 times 18 or, or 25 hundredths of 18 or a fourth of 18. I want 25, not 25 hundredths. So I've got to scale that 4.5 times 100. 25 times 100 or 4.5 times 100 is 450. Mm-hmm. Now you might be like, whoa, why did you do this, that crazy work with fractions? Well, it becomes really nice if the problem was actually like 75 times 18. Mm-hmm. Then I can say to myself, well, if one fourth of 18 is something is like 4.5, then can I think about three of those one fourths? Or, or I can think about if one fourth of 18 is 4.5, then 25 times 18 is 450. Then I can think about three of them to get 75 times 18. So I can sort of think about three of those. And so uh, how are you thinking about three 4.5s or three 450s? I can think about 900 and then another mm-hmm. 450 is what 1350 1350 so 75 times 18 now becomes 1350 and now i can think about 76 18s by just adding one more a little over under i just tack one more on there i just tack one more 18 on there is that 1368 i mean bam like i'm solving all sorts of crazy problems based on sort of this fractional relationship and not only am i doing multiplication but i'm also kind of practicing this idea of fractions, a fraction of a number, and I'm using a fraction as an operator, which is one of those meanings of uh, of fractions is so important, the fraction as an operator. So lots of relationships kind of come to play 
and it can become the brilliant work that we do in sort of fifth and sixth grade as we want students to be grappling with all of those ideas. And you might be like, Pam, why would I ever do that? I could just do these steps. I'm like, because remember, our goal is to build multiplicative reasoners. It's to build multiplicative reasoning in students. And this is a brilliant way to do it, to have them play around with these relationships. Okay, do we have time for one more bonus strategy? Yes, as long as we do it quickly. <laughs> okay. I don't want, so, we want the episodes to so, stay manageable, right? Yeah, right, yeah. Cool. So one bonus strategy for, give me a grade, give me age. I think it's sort of a middle school strategy. I think it's when we yeah. want kids really, like we just said, building multiplicative reasoning. And so we've kind of got kids kind of multiplying, but now we want to really get multiplicative, multiplicative reasoning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we call it. So flexible factoring. Flexible factoring. Yeah. It's a. All right. So I'm going to let you go. Go quick. It's 25 times 18. Okay. So I would want to factor 25 into five times five and factor 18 into two times nine. And then I want to be flexible. Now that I have five times five times two times nine, I'm going to pull a five and a two together to create a 10 because five times two is 10. What am mm -hmm. I left with? I still have a five times nine. Five times nine is 45. And so I have 10 times 45 is 450. Bam. Nice. So flexible factoring is kind of an advanced strategy. It's not one of our five main ones, but we do want middle school teachers to develop it after where you factor the factors in the problem and then <laughs> rearrange the factors using the associative property and put them together in clever ways to create tens or create other numbers that are easy to multiply by. And then bam, you end up with another equivalent problem that's easier to solve. So that's also one of those really cool strategies. It's all about creating an equivalent problem that's easier to solve. Excellent. Okay. If you haven't yet um, gotten yourself this fabulous download. <laughs> Yo, what are you waiting for? Come on. Seriously. Download the guy. So, so much help. All right, so it's got uh, multiple strategies for each of the operations. You're going to find that download at mathisfigureoutable.com slash big. Because it's big. Get it today. Yep. It is a big download. All right, mathisfigureoutable.com slash big. Download that guide because if you want to learn more mathematics and refine your math teaching so that you and students are mathematizing more and more, then join the Math is Figure Outable movement and help us spread the word that math is... Figure outable. Thank you for listening and making math more figure outable. To learn even more, make sure you register for our free challenge at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central. Math teaching, math teaching, go register now. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Join us to make math more and more figure outable. And if you can't join live, register and we'll send you access to the recordings. We'll see you there.